In this episode, Michael and Megan reference a document called The Four Stages of Scaling. It is a visual representation of all of the information in this episode. In order to download your free copy, go to fullfocus.co slash scaling. That's fullfocus.co slash scaling. And as a bonus treat, Michael himself designed the mountains. I was very excited about that. To go see it for yourself, get your free Four Stages of Scaling document at fullfocus.co slash scaling. Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt-Miller. This is the Business Accelerator Podcast. We help busy but growth-minded small business owners scale themselves and their businesses so they can win at work and succeed at life, something we call the double win. Now today, speaking of scaling, we're gonna be talking about the four stages of scaling. And we talk about scaling, we're talking about business growth. That's just the cool today word for business growth. But how can you take your business from where it is to the next level, regardless of where you're at right now? Well, I'm really excited to talk about this because I think half the battle of growing your business is knowing where you are and where you wanna go. And sometimes when you're in it, as you often say, Dad, it's kind of like trying to read the Coke bottle label when you're inside the Coke bottle. You know, it can it can feel a little confusing. And so I love this model that you've created because I think it will provide our business owners listening today a lot of clarity about where they are and what the next step looks like and what they're shooting for. All right, Ken, do you know what's happening right now? No, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year, finally. It's, yes! We can act, okay, like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Yes. Uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus. Oh, And we have better. some really awesome deals going on, especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals. This is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site-wide. Um, we've got where you can get a free, um, your best year ever vinyl sticker pack for any new planner subscri subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug. Wow. You already put them on yeah. your Stanley mug. And if are you got them, them if you got them on black Friday, these are different. These are, these are going to be new for the new year. Uh, but they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner. You can put them on your computer, wherever you want them. But they're great. Good. They're great stickers. We're also doing 25% off courses. Let's go. So specifically, we've been talking a lot about our goal setting course. Um, and this is going to be $75 off and you get a free ticket to your best year ever live with your purchase. So you definitely don't. It's huge. like a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. So you don't want to miss out on that. And your favorite thing, which is our certification program. We're doing $800 off of it. And this is a fantastic time of year to get in. Um, we are actually going to be doing a beta group for our new digital planner. Yes, it's going to be fantastic. crazy exciting. So anyways, go to fullfocusstore.com now. Shop our holiday sale. Make sure to use the code HOLIDAY10 to get all these deals and more. Okay, let's talk about the four stages of scaling. Now, you'll see in the handout, but I'm going to try to describe it for you visually. This is basically a series of successive mountain peaks. 
each one larger than the previous. Okay. So imagine a mountain range where there's a small foothill and there's a little larger mountain, little larger mountain, and then the peak mountain. So those are your four stages. Okay. Stage one, I'm going to call this self-leadership. You might think of this also as solopreneurship, but basically the focus is that you're doing almost everything yourself. Now, when I left the big corporate world to start what has now become Full Focus, that was me. It was just me. And I was trying to do everything myself. I was everything from the guy that generated the contracts to the guy that had to collect on the contracts to the guy that was selling my services to the guy that was desperately trying to find the FedEx box when I had to send something overnight, email, invoicing, all of that. I was the CEO, which at that time stood for chief everything officer. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Funny and true. I bet a lot of you listening can relate. You're like, yes, that's me. Well, and, and, you know, those were really simple days. I was definitely overwhelmed. And I, I later hired an executive assistant, which also is part of this stage. So you don't have to progress beyond this stage. And just because you have one team member or even maybe two team members, you might still be in this stage where it all depends upon you. But the goal of this, and we're going to follow a similar format for each of these stages, the focus, you're doing almost everything yourself. The goal is you launch the company, launch the company and generate consistent positive cash flow. Because why? Without that, you don't survive. You know, if you can't generate consistent positive cash flow, you got nothing. You got to do that to survive. You got to do that, you know, to pay the bills, take care of everybody that that you're dependent upon to run your business, contractors and so forth. But that all comes down to generating that consistent positive cash flow. But here's the temptation. And I'm going to cover a temptation under each stage. Megan, I'm going to invite your comments here in a second. The temptation in stage one is that you work too many hours at the expense of your health your most important relationships, and your personal freedom. Mm. Megan, have you seen this movie before? (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I think this was your story, you know, when you were in the corporate world um, and you had to learn some hard lessons about this and really it kind of created the foundation for this idea of the double win and the transformation you experienced in your own life. But of course, We see this so frequently with our prospective clients and new clients because this is often what they come to us wanting to solve. You know, I'm working too many hours. Yes, I I am successful. I'm generating consistent cash flow. I'm proving my concept. Maybe I've even been in business a while, but I'm doing it at the expense of my health and most important relationships. And I can see that this story is not going to end well if I don't make some changes. And what I love about calling out self-leadership as stage one is that this is a really easy stage to skip over in terms of what you have to be able to master. And if you don't master kind of the core competencies at this level, then when you go to the next mountain and it's uh, it's at a higher altitude with a, a higher summit, you're going to have problems. You know, you're not going to be ready for the challenges of stage two and beyond if you haven't mastered these um, core competencies in stage one. And honestly, a lot of the clients that come to us 
are in later stages, but they're missing some of these core competencies. And I think part of what our coaching program has become really great at doing is help to shore those things up and give people the tools that they need to, as you said in our, our little intro, to scale themselves so they can scale their business. Because if you can't scale yourself, if you can't do self-leadership, team leadership and beyond is very difficult. Well, I think the biggest thread here, frankly, with this temptation is that it becomes an ingrained habit right. and so that you carry this into the other stages. And I promise you, if you do that, something will eventually break. It might be your health. You have a health crisis. It could be your marriage, your relationship with your kids, just your own personal freedom. And we don't want that to happen. So resist the temptation. And by the way, at this stage, the brand is essentially you. Now, I don't have a problem with the personality brand or with you being the face of the business. Uh, it's, a, it's a quick way to build trust, you know, for people to be able to see your face and hear your voice. But it can also become a detriment later on. Perfectly appropriate for this stage, but you're going to eventually have to move on it if you want to scale your business because the business has got to be larger than you as a personality. Let's go to stage two. I'm calling this team leadership. And the focus here is that you're directing a small team of employees and a few key contractors. So it's a team. The goal is to create a vision, assemble a team to help shoulder the work, and focus on where you make your greatest contribution. Now, we have an entire tool on this that we've covered in previous podcast episodes and go into depth in, in our coaching program, but it's called the Freedom Compass. And the only way for you to be able to focus in your desire zone where your passion and your proficiency come together is you got to have a team. And as I've often said before, if your dream doesn't require a team, your dream's too small. And so to go to the next level, you got to have that dream, which is what I meant when I talked about the vision, but you've also got to have a team. You've got to begin to assemble a team. Well, frankly, this is one of the things that we use as a criteria for is someone a good fit for our coaching program, Business Accelerator? If they are married to being a solopreneur indefinitely, if that's kind of the ideal state and not a transitional state, we, we mostly don't take people into the program who don't have some kind of a team already, at least um, in the form of contractors, because that's we know that's where we want to take people. Um, then in a way, they're disqualified, you know, because our program is designed to help you build that team that can shoulder the work and really make your impact exponentially greater than it could ever be on your own. That's who we want to work with. That's who we're best at serving. And so, um, you know, in my experience, these two stages of self-leadership and team leadership, while I'm, I'm pointing to my screen because I'm looking at this handout that's available in the private Facebook group. Um, but, you know, these are nice little columns, but in reality, they get a little muddled sometimes when you don't kind of complete one stage before you go to the next one. So I think that's uh, an important thing to call out here is if you're kind of saying to yourself, well, I feel like I'm kind of in both of these stages. That's very possible. You know, and I just, I want to say too, if you decide that you want to stay a solopreneur, fine. You know, I, I think unfortunately that's not going to challenge you to become all that you could be and reach your full potential, but it's a choice, right? And this is your business. It's your life. So choose wisely. Okay. Here's the temptation. Okay, you assemble a team, but the temptation is that you treat your teammates as glorified assistants and position yourself as the primary rainmaker. 
And I've seen this movie before too, where somebody says, well, I have a team. Well, but the team is not really doing anything of consequence. The business is still too dependent upon you. Yeah, they handle assignments and it frees you up to do some things, do more of what you do best, which for most entrepreneurs is rainmaking, but it's not the best and highest use of the team. Because if you get the right people on the bus, if you get the right people on the team, they're going to do many of the tasks that you previously were doing way better than you could have done or ever thought about doing. So you can't treat them as as glorified assistants. They got to literally be, you know, teammates that are helping you to shoulder the work. Well, and what I think about, this is not exactly on this sheet, but kind of what's the core struggle here or what what's the obstacle that's keeping somebody from addressing these things or that in, where you end up in this position where your teammates are, are really acting as glorified assistants? And by the way, we love executive assistants. This is not to demean an executive assistant, but you're going to need a team much bigger than that with a lot of different capabilities beyond just the kind of administrative side of things. Uh, it's usually because they haven't developed that core competency of delegation and of, of, if you go further back than that upstream, it's the ability to get the vision out of your head. And I don't mean the vision for your whole company for the future, I'm, which is part is a kind of vision. I mean, seeing something in your own head that doesn't exist that you want to go create and being able to communicate that to someone else in such a way that they can execute on it. You know, that's really what delegation is, whether it's a humongous delegation or a teeny tiny delegation, same concept. You have to see something in the future that doesn't exist that you want to create and then be able to communicate that to someone else so that they can execute on it. Um, that's really where it breaks down. And it can be either you don't have the skill set or you have a lot of fear because you haven't yet had or maybe you've had bad experiences with delegation. And that holds people back of where they just keep themselves as kind of the center of the wheel where everything depends on them. And that goes from being a place that feels like this makes me feel secure. I know that I can trust myself to deliver the results to feeling like a lot of pressure where it can feel crushing. Like you can't take a vacation. You can't be out of the office. You've always got to be on every important meeting you've got to be in the middle of. You can't get sick, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's it's kind of the point where for a lot of business owners, their business goes from being a vehicle to freedom, a vehicle to do more of what they love. And it can start to feel more like a prison, like they're just stuck and they can't get out. I literally was having this conversation with one of our business accelerator clients on Monday. Mm. So I host a call every week with all of our clients. And this one particular client asked the question, he said, you know, I am the rainmaker for my company. And he said, he said, I'm sure this is a limiting belief, but I just can't imagine anyone who can conduct those discovery meetings, those first sessions with new clients in the way that I do it, you know? And so he offers, he's got a professional services business and he offers a free consultation at the beginning just to see if it's a fit for him and for the client. And this is where he basically closes the business and then onboards or begins to onboard the client. He said, I, I don't think, I can imagine anybody that does that better than I do. And he said, I am such a master. He said, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I'm such a master at closing. I, I can't imagine ever delegating that. And I said, well, you're right. That's a limiting belief. So let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I said, I, I think, and Megan, you were talking a lot about vision, another kind of vision document though we don't usually think of it this way, is a position description, a job description. That's mm -hmm. your vision as the hiring manager for what you're trying to hire too. If you're not clear about the experience, the skills, 
the job responsibilities, all of that stuff. If you're not clear about that, then what are you going to hire based on? Likeability? That's that's a poor criteria. I mean, I definitely like to like the people I work with, but that's not enough. You need a job description. So that's where it starts. So if you're going to hire somebody that could be a rainmaker like you, what would that position look like? What would the experience, what would be the 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 skills? What would be the responsibilities of that person? Get clear on that first. And then come up with a process to go find that person. Typically, this is an issue of confusing. I could never delegate this to somebody because basically I'm so uniquely good at it. It's a confusion of that with the problem is having a mechanism to get it out of your head. And until you do that a few times, you may not realize that what you're doing actually is a recipe. You know, that there are steps that you follow, even though it kind of feels like jazz. It's actually something that could be more mapped into sheet music if you really were to to deconstruct it and break it down. And then once it's out of your head, then you're able to pass it on to somebody else. Obviously, that person has to be capable. They have to be qualified. They have to have demonstrated performance and so forth. But the real challenge is getting it out of your head. And I think as business owners, we can tell ourselves the story that we're just so good at it. Nobody could ever be as good at it. And the real problem is it's just living in our head, that recipe, and we've never written it down. So, you know, kind of like grandma, we're the only ones that can make the biscuits that way. Not because we're so great at biscuits, but because we haven't written down the recipe. <laughs> I'm just I'm just laughing because literally my grandmother had the most amazing chocolate cake and yes, she never wrote she it down. And finally, my mom was able to capture it. And she's still, you know, there's still some things that aren't written down, but that's where it starts. And I can remember the first time I said in one of our coaching intensives, which is kind of like an all-day workshop, and somebody was teaching it that wasn't me. First time, I'm listening to somebody else, one of our former clients who's now a coach, who's teaching this session. And I literally thought to myself, he's delivering this content much better than I ever could. And that's really what you're after. And so what would that make possible? If you're in stage two, that's what I want to ask you. What would it make possible if you didn't have just glorified assistance, but if you had true teammates that could carry the ball right into the end zone and score the touchdown? That would be amazing, right? Okay. I have to say something here because okay. this is sort of like if we had some kind of meta temptation line in this table, this would have to go on it. This question that you just asked, what would it make possible if you could have someone else do the things that you think you're so excellent at, you know, you could replicate yourself. What would that make possible in your business? That can create an existential crisis for you as a business owner. And if you're not careful and you're not self-aware, this is why the self-leadership part is so important, because if you're not self-aware, you can start to feel the anxiety of, well, then who am I if I'm not the only one that can do this? Or what will I do if I hand this off to somebody else? I can promise you I've watched hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of business owners go through this. You're going to have this experience of liminal space where your old way of thinking about yourself and your role in your business is obsolete. And you actually have to recreate how you're going to show up in your business. And we're going to talk about that in the next two stages. And there is an existential component to that. And it's really normal to go through this disorienting period that is kind of liminal space where you're not totally one in one place or another. And that's normal. And the thing to remember is keep going. Don't don't bail because I promise you there is something even better in the future and you have to figure it out and it will be worth it. 
Megan, I'm so glad you mentioned that. We could do an entire episode on that. We, we don't could. have time today, but but that is a real that's a real issue, and all of our clients, almost all of them, face that. Okay, so at stage two, the brand is you, and may, maybe a product or two are beginning to emerge as a brand as well. Okay, so that's stage two. Marissa, I cannot tell you how excited I am for your best year ever live coming up January 5th. Yes, I'm so excited too. I can't wait. Yes, this is the event that you would want to come attend if you're just like, man, I want to look at how well did I do in the past, but I also want to set myself up for success to have, like we call it in the title, your best year ever. This is the event you want to be at. We have thousands of people coming to this event yes. already. And you and I will be emceeing this event. Yes. So there's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement to come join us to make it a great year for you. Yes. Now, in order for you to receive it, all you have to do is buy the full focus goal setting course and you get a ticket to your best year ever. Yes. And the best part is that that course is 25% off right now. So... Uh, you're going to get a discount and a ticket to the live event, which is normally $197. That's a killer so deal. So it's a killer deal. It's a no-brainer in my opinion. Um, but definitely join us. It's going to be so much fun. January 5th, it's totally virtual. So no matter where you are in the world or um, you know whether you can get on a plane or not, don't worry about it. You don't have to. You can do this from the comfort of your own home. And we'll be right there. Yeah. And just imagine having your goals already set for the entire year and a plan to execute them. Yeah. That's worth all the money that you can. And the best part, it's a free event for you if you buy the Full Focus Goal Setting Course. Yes. All right. Well, we would love to see you there. So make sure to go to fullfocusstore.com and take advantage of this deal. We'd love to see you at your best driver live. Stage three, business leadership. This is where, and this is the focus, you're managing a team of executives or directors who manage divisions or departments of employees and contractors. And the goal here is to keep, the goal for you is to keep the company's core ideology visible. And by core ideology, I mean the vision, the mission, the values, the strategy. So keep the company's core ideology visible. Steward the culture, because we know that culture is the unseen force that drives operating results, and ensure the company is on track to achieve its ultimate vision. Anything else you want to say about that at this point, Meg? I don't think so. I mean, I think this one is pretty straightforward. I think this is probably what a lot of us imagine as the end state. And what's important to me about this stage is, as you'll see in a minute, this is actually not the end state. This is stage three of four so there's something beyond this, and that's going to be an important part of your of your ultimate vision, really. Well, this temptation, the temptation for this stage is very similar to what we were just talking about when you were discussing the existential crisis of trying to figure out what you're going to do now that you've delegated some of the things that you felt such proficiency and passion about in the past. So the temptation is that you continue to work in the business at the expense of working on the business. And this happens because you're so busy. And this is why that stage one, self-leadership is important because you're going to need time to think and actually work on the business and not be so caught up in the day-to-day operations that you become reactive and the business just kind of takes on a life of its own. 
and doesn't necessarily grow by design, but just grows because there are opportunities and you're pursuing all of them? Well, what can also happen here, and this is what our clients report to us, or this is how they describe it, is they feel like firefighters. You know, they just go from one problem to the next because they've probably experienced a lot of growth at this point. And growth comes with uh, tremendous opportunities and tremendous challenges. And a lot of times those challenges are rearing their ugly head and you're just kind of bouncing between one thing to the next. And if you don't leverage that team that you began to build in stage two and are, are likely continuing to build in stage three uh, between team leadership and business leadership, then you end up being the chief problem solver. And the problem with that, where it kind of goes back to that existential part, is that you get this amazing dopamine hit every single time you solve a problem that no one else can solve. But you're not developing the competency on your team to be able to solve problems in the way that you would or even better, you know, with their expertise. And so this is one of those times when you've really got to be self-aware. You've got to challenge yourself to grow and you've got to challenge yourself to build um, this competency in your team so you can work on your business because what what happens is, uh, and we use a tool for this within the Business Accelerator Coaching Program called the Freedom Compass, where you narrow and narrow and narrow your focus as the business owner on only the highest leverage work that you could possibly be doing. And that changes as you go through these different, these different stages. Increasingly, your focus is going to be on vision and the future and all of that. But if you stay stuck in the present, focused on whatever needs to be done today, you're not really making your highest leverage contribution and that will cost you. You know, one little hack I thought about Megan is that you've really got to schedule this time. Yes. Jason Fried calls this time in the alone zone mm-hmm. and you've got to schedule this time. John Maxwell calls it think time, but there it's basically an appointment with yourself where you're going to work on those high leverage, important, but not urgent tasks that drive your business forward. You're working on the business, you're designing the business not just working in the business and drifting with the business. So schedule that time. Maybe it's only an hour a week. Maybe it's two hours a week. Maybe it's a morning a week. Maybe it's you know a time when you get out of nature and think a little bit. But uh, I, I can tell you that where I usually have these breakthroughs is on airplane flights. Yeah, so That's when I really get a time to think about the business. But you can create that yourself. So the brand in this case is typically a suite of products. So you're moving in the right direction. The brand is no longer you. It's a suite of products that are taking on a life of its own, which by the way, the good news about that is, is it's creating value in the brands themselves. So that if at some point in the future, you decided to exit the business or sell the business, that those brands would have a life that you could monetize. Stage four, this is the final one. Again, stage one, self-leadership, stage two, team leadership, Stage three, business leadership, and stage four, business ownership. Okay, this is huge. So the focus here is you're focused on succession. You've hired a CEO to run your business, and you've transitioned from being an operator to being an owner. That's a big, big difference. So I know that was a hard transition for me because I'm used to being a doer. You know, I, I built Full Focus for most of the years I've, I've been with the company, which has been the entire time it's been in existence, now that I think about it. But, uh, but I was really focused on being an operator. And it's only in recent years that I've made the shift to say, no, and I don't mind working in the business and doing some things in the business, but I want to be an owner. That's a big jump for a lot of people. 
Well, and again, we're kind of back to that existential question. You know, one of the things that you've talked a lot about uh, over the years as we've gone through our own succession journey is what am I going to do in the future? You know, if I'm going to leave something behind, what am I going toward? And if you don't answer the question of what am I going toward, and if that thing that you're going toward is not really exciting and more challenging and interesting than anything you've ever done before, what's going to happen is you'll drift backward in a desire for certainty because it feels really unsettling, especially later in your life. And in general, this is going to, you know, over time is going to lapse over time. And so it's going to be later in your life to feel kind of at loose ends, like you don't have anything meaningful to contribute, you know, or you're, you don't have a clear path toward a contribution that creates a lot of problems. So just be aware of that. And that's why in each of these stages, the existential part of this, where you're asking this question of what's my contribution and where do I need to focus now and what matters is really important to answer. Because if you wait till this point, and we've all seen terrible succession examples where the the former CEO or the business owner transitions you know, into this new stage of ownership instead of being an operator, and they panic and they just run back because that's what's familiar because they didn't answer that question. Yeah, exactly. And and really the goal here is for you as the business owner to step out of the day-to-day operations, let the new CEO lead the company, hold him or her accountable for the results, and embrace your new role as a mentor and a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And those are really important. And it leads right to the temptation, which is becoming impatient, stepping back into the business, and resuming your role as an operator, thus confusing the CEO and the entire team. You don't want that to happen. That's not going to be good for your business. And then you kind of have to loop back around and start over again. So don't succumb to that temptation. Yeah. And and usually, you know, you and I were talking about this last week. Usually this is driven either by... I'm not sure who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing now, or I don't have the sense of control that I need to have to feel confident that that this baby of mine is going to be okay in the hands of someone else. And in that case, usually what you need to do are put in place certain uh, cadences of meetings or reporting or whatever else. So you have the information you need to feel confident that things are going well without your hands having to be on the controls at all times. And I think sometimes in the succession process, people don't uh, people don't answer the question of what do I need to feel confident about this? And then they overcompensate by, like you said, just jumping back in. And that's always a problem. Well, I think a lot of times this happens too, because the business owner isn't clear with the new CEO, their expectations. Yeah. And, and you know, the new CEO can't read your mind. Uh, you'll never be able to hire anyone good enough to read your mind. So you've got to be explicit in your communication, direct and explicit. And so every opportunity where you're tempted to, to step back in, you've got to say, okay, how could I coach the new CEO to deliver what I'm expecting and disappointed that I'm not getting? How could I coach them or create a system or something that answers the questions I want answered or delivers the results I want delivered? So that's the leadership challenge at this stage. Part of what makes this work well is taking things that in your that are in your own head that are kind of implicitly expected or 
defined and getting them out of your head, making them explicit and putting them into some kind of concrete form like a document where then that CEO can take it and run with it and you can have a conversation about those expectations so that you get what you need and get what you want. If it stays in your head, and this is true, in every one of the stages that we've talked about, your chances of of success are minimal because mind reading and implicit, you know, kind of suggestions or communication are just not an effective way to delegate. And in a way, this is another aspect of vision. You've got to have a vision for how you want to be an owner, for how you want to relate to your operator, your CEO. And that vision has to be made explicit and concrete. And you have to have alignment around it in order for that person to successfully execute on your behalf. Well said. Okay, the brand at stage four is the company itself. That becomes a brand that people know, people trust, um, a brand that has value apart from you as the owner. So that if you did sell the company, somebody else could realize the value and experience that without having you go with the equation. So you may want to go with the new enterprise, but this gives you the option to not go with it. Okay, four stages of scaling. Stage one, self-leadership. Stage two, team leadership. Stage three, business leadership. And stage four, business ownership. So, Meg, any final thoughts? You know, as you're talking about stage four, I was just thinking that, yes, if you're going to exit your business, it's critical that you achieve this brand equity within the company itself, not vested in your, your personality or your personhood. And at the same time, that's good risk management. And I think what you see as you look at each of these stages is it's a way to create more value in your business, greater opportunity in your business, and to de-risk your business. Because if you look at stage one and stage two, where you are at the center of everything, you know, that's very much within your control and that's hugely risky. You wouldn't want to stay in either of those places because if something happens to you or you get sick or you decide you want to do something else or you want to go on a sabbatical for three months, you know, everything's going to grind to a screeching halt. And so I think your question about what does it make possible and thinking about what does it make possible at each of these stages, you know, when you de-risk something, it makes it really freeing. And I think that freedom and fulfillment are two components of this fourth stage that are really exciting to have achieved and to get to reap the rewards of. Excellent. That's the perfect bow on this episode. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next week when we have more conversations about how to accelerate your business. Before we head out of here, just remember that you can get your copy of the four stages of scaling, the document, the PDF at fullfocus.co slash scaling. That is fullfocus.co slash scaling. This is a free resource with mountains made by Michael Hyatt. Go check it out. Fullfocus.co slash scaling. Ken, do you know what's happening right now? No, I have no idea. (laughs) 
Well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year. Finally, it's, yes, we can act. Okay, like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over. Jingle bells, jingle. Yes, uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus. Oh, and even we have better. some really awesome deals going on. Especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals, this is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got uh, some awesome deals. So we've got ten percent off site wide. Um, we've got where you can get a free, um, your best year ever vinyl sticker pack for any new planner subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug. Wow. You already put them on your Stanley mug. And if you got them, them if you got them on black Friday, these are different. These are, these are going to be new for the new year. Uh, but they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner. You can put them on your computer, wherever you want them. But they're great. Good. They're great stickers. We're also doing 25% off courses. Let's go. So specifically, we've been talking a lot about our goal setting course. Um, and this is going to be $75 off and you get a free ticket to your best year ever live with your purchase. So you definitely don't. It's huge. like a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. So you don't want to miss out on that. And your favorite thing, which is our certification program we're doing $800 off of it. And this is a fantastic time of year to get in. Um, we are actually going to be doing a beta group for our new digital planner. Yes. It's going to be fantastic. Crazy exciting. So anyways, go to fullfocusstore.com now shop our holiday sale. Make sure to use the code holiday 10 to get all these deals and more.